Welcome to Gathering Ministries podcast. We pray you will enjoy God's presence as you listen. We have started a study on the mind. And last week we discussed as a man thinks, so he is. And that is in the Bible. It's in Proverbs 23, 7. That as a man thinks, so he is. Our minds are very, very powerful. In all of creation, everything that God created, he only gave humans the ability to think and reason. No other part of creation can do that. None. That is a very distinct thing he gave human beings, which is why we're created in the image of God. A man was sitting at his kitchen table one day, and it was between Christmas and New Year's, and he was looking at the new year coming, and he said, you know, he said, I'm looking over the past year. And he started writing down on a piece of paper everything that had happened in the past year. He started out, he said, I had a horrible car accident. Just as I'd recovered from that, I found out I had to have surgery. Then I got done with the surgery and I quit work. Work was no longer a part of my life, and one day found out my house caught on fire. Said it was so horrible. And now I'm sitting here, and the house is so quiet because my son has moved on. He said, I am not looking forward to the new year. He sat his pen down, and he went into the bedroom, and his wife came out to the kitchen, and she saw the pen and paper on the table. And she looked down, and she saw what he was writing. And she sat down, and she picked up the pen and paper, and she said, I want to thank God for a great year. My husband had a car accident, but he walked away. Okay, thank God they were able to remove the full tumor when he had his surgery, and he is cancer-free. Yeah, he retired, and now he's able to spend more time with the family. Yes, our house caught on fire, but we weren't home, no one got injured, and the insurance company covered everything. Oh, yes, it's quiet here, but that's because our son married a wonderful Christian girl, and they're getting ready to give us a grandchild. She said, I can't wait for next year and see the blessings that God pours into our lives. Same set of circumstances, two different mindsets. Same exact set of circumstances, 
two different mindsets. And we're going to talk extensively about the mind in this study because I believe that we, our biggest failure is our biggest failure. Now let me see, tell you what I mean by that. How many of you have really messed up and you beat yourself up because you're not a very good Christian anymore? Huh? Cut it out. All right? We're going to find out why that happens and why we shouldn't be so hard on other people when they make a mistake even though they're a Christian. Boy, I'm telling you what, we love to jump on people when they make a mistake, don't we? But you know, we are all in the process of transforming our minds. And this is so important that we understand where the mind fits in our walk with, with Jesus Christ. Okay? So I want to start and let you all know that you are a three-part being. And I'm going to show you this with scripture. Okay? Every one of you have a body. Okay? All of you look around. We all have a body, right? Okay? We all have a soul. Now, our soul and our spirit, according to scripture, are different. Our soul... The Greek word is psych, psyche. That is where we get psychology. That is where we get all of those words. And it's the thought, the process of thinking, and then our thoughts expressed. That is how the Bible interprets it. In other words, your soul is what communicates with other people. We'll see that in the Bible, okay? Your soul is your mind, your thoughts, everything you think, your will, the choices that you make based on your thoughts, and your emotions, how you feel about those choices. That is your soul, okay? And then you have your spirit which was Numa, that's the inner man, that is the actual spirit that communicates with God. Okay? Now, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, we all know the verse, the old things pass away and all things become new, right? And yet we struggle because all things really haven't become new. You know, I heard a pastor one time say, if you weren't very smart before you accepted Jesus, you're probably not going to be very smart after you accepted him. That's just the way it is. What becomes new is our spirit. Our spirit becomes born again. Okay? So you have a brand new spirit. Now, here's my spirit, brand new. I have news for you, my soul still has some work to do. And that is why my soul has to go through this process of renewing itself. Okay? Are you with me? 
Am I losing anyone here? Because this is important we understand this. So my thoughts sometimes aren't going to be very nice. Even though my spirit's been born again, I still feel like slapping people sometimes. Okay? You all do too. That's why you laughed. Yeah. Right? Or your choices you make don't necessarily line up with Scripture. And then you feel horrible about that. And we beat ourselves up and we say, oh my goodness, I guess I'm not a Christian after all. Because what we're doing is we're saying our spirit is doing this instead of our soul. You see, and your soul is what is growing to become more and more like Christ. You are already born again in your spirit. Now let's look at some verses here to back that up. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians, it's in the New Testament. It's back behind um, Romans, Acts and Romans, the Corinthians and the Ephesians, Philippians, all of that. And then you come to the Thessalonians. And we're looking at 1 Thessalonians, and it's chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. You see, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit, okay? And the Bible addresses that. We're going to get into later on in this um, Bible study on the mind, we're going to talk about living upside down. Now, just very briefly tell you what it means to live upside down, okay? The Bible tells us that God... He, God wants us to have the mind of Christ. Remember that last week? Everybody was with me last week, right? And we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ allows us to make really good choices, right? And then we feel good or we feel secure in our relationship with God. We feel that our emotions are now in line with what Scripture says they should be because we had the thoughts first and then we made choices based on those good thoughts, the mind of Christ, okay? All right? But how many of you know most people live upside down? And how many of you know advertisers love the fact that we live upside down? Because what they do is they appeal to our emotion. And they get us to make choices based on how we feel. And once we make choices based on how we feel, then we think about it later. And we're living upside down. And so what the Bible is saying when it says to renew your mind, it is saying, look, we're going to live right side up, and our mind is going to make uh, think the things of God, so then when we think the things of God, we're going to make the choices God wants us to make, because Romans 2 says that's how you will know his good and perfect will. Remember that? And then we're going to say, okay, I am in a good place. 
So we, that is what we're going to be sh working toward and working through and discussing is how do we renew our mind, okay? Luke 1, 46 and 47. I'd read this verse so many times and it never registered to me that Mary discussed two different parts of her when the angel, when she sang about um, having the baby Jesus. Here's Mary's song. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So my soul, my thoughts are saying God is wonderful. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. I am thinking how wonderful God is. My soul is thinking about this. But then my spirit rejoices with the Holy Spirit. You see, the soul and the spirit are separate here. And you will hear a lot of people, a lot of Christians, you'll hear um, a lot of people, they will say the soul and spirit are the same thing. And that's where you get off track because your soul hasn't been renewed yet and you feel like a failure as a Christian because it is your spirit that is renewed and not your soul. But we're going to talk about how to renew your mind. This is going to help, I think, people so much. Mark 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's your spirit. With all your soul. And I love how God said, you know what? I want you to love the Lord with all your soul, in case you don't understand what that is, and your mind. And with all your strength, that's your body. You see, you have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit. Deuteronomy 6, it's in the front of your Bible, is the fifth book. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Number, Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus actually repeated what was said in Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus added the mind because he apparently thought we needed to know the mind was so important. But he was actually quoting Deuteronomy 6.5 that just lists the three of them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, that's your spirit, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay? Last one we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians 14, 15. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. Paul is talking about praying 
And he says, you know what? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding, my mind. Paul makes the distinction there. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Paul is letting us know that the spirit and the soul are separate. They're two different parts of the human being. Really, this should not make anybody ever feel like a failure in your walk with God again because your spirit has been born again. Amen? Yes. So what we are doing is we are renewing our minds. We are developing our soul so that our soul lines up with the Spirit of God. Okay? We're going to learn how to do that. It's very interesting. Now, what are we going to do here is we're going to talk about the soul well, first we'll do the spirit communicates with God. Let's look at Romans 8.16. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Romans 8.16. Here's your spirit communicating with God. Okay? Romans 8.16. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So our Holy, my spirit and the Holy Spirit have a relationship. Okay? Let's go on. John 3. This is when Nicodemus shows up to Jesus. And Jesus says some very interesting things. We all know John 3.16, but we do, know, do we know what was said before that? John 3, verses 5 through 8. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one enters the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying this. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it is coming from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Okay? Here is Jesus saying, My Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is what gives life to your spirit to make you born again. The spirits are communicating. Okay? So you all, if you've accepted Jesus, you all have a born-again spirit. If you haven't, hurry and do it. Now is the day for salvation. 
Now is the time. And then we've already talked about, but 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. Yes. So, you will have people that will tell you they're a Christian and you will never be able to tell it by the way they're living or acting, right? Right. Where they're, where they're, they're falling or where they are not, have not yet developed is in their soul. So we're going to talk about the soul and we're going to talk about the mind which are your thoughts, the will, which is your choices, and your emotions. Okay, that is your soul. Let's start with Romans 12, 1 and 2. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies, okay, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, okay? Do not let Satan cause you to get into an argument over what kind of music is proper worship. It has nothing to do, proper worship, true and proper worship, is offering your body as a living sacrifice. Okay? That is your true worship. Now here it is. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed, changed, completely changed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, here's the interesting thing. When my mind starts changing to think like God thinks, I have the mind of Christ in me. Remember we talked about that last week. Remember? The Holy Spirit is in me, and only the Holy Spirit knows the mind of that person. So if the Holy Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit in you knows the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2, you have the mind of Christ. You use the mind of Christ, and now all of a sudden, guess what you're doing? You're making good choices. Yeah. Think about the messes you've been in in your life. It all started with a pretty bad choice, didn't it? Right. Yeah. James 1.14. James 1.14. Okay. Now, this is very important to understand this because 
Everybody in this room meditates. Okay? We're going to talk in a couple of weeks about the importance of meditating and what meditating does to our mind. And we're going to touch on it tonight, but we're really going to get into it really deep in a couple of weeks. But everybody here thinks about something. Okay? And if somebody's really irked you, you just keep thinking about that over and over in your mind, don't you? You're meditating on it. Do you know that? And if something wonderful happens, you keep thinking about that. You're meditating on it. When you start thinking over and over about anything, that is what meditation is. Meditation is the constant thinking about something. Now, I want you all to understand that as a man thinks, so is his behavior. Please understand that. Okay? So... When you start thinking, 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 whatever you are meditating on, that is what you're going to have happen. Now, James knew that, and James chapter 1 gives us the formula for how to sin. Okay? And you know how you sin? Keep thinking about that thing over and over again. Here it is, James 1.14. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Okay? How many of you know that when you have this desire, you just, you think about it. That is what I want. That's what I want. It's a desire. I'm thinking about it. I am enticed by it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Then after desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And we get caught up. Oh, man, we just got to have it. I had somebody tell me, um, they were telling me a horrible thing about this girl who tried to shoot somebody because they took her boyfriend. And the whole family had to move out of town because this girl would just... Uh, this desire to have this boy, this desire to have this boy, this desire to have this boy affected her behavior. She meditated on the wrong thing. Right. You know, we see it all the time. We see the results of it in people who are, um, who are breaking up marriages, and people who are um, drug addicts, they'll do whatever they can to get the next one, to get the next one. To people who are caught up in some kind of an addiction, it is just like, it's all they think about. And their desire grows and grows and grows until they have to have it. And we see them at the end stage, we see them at Z, but we don't see them on A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We just see the end of it. But it can happen to any of us at any time. When you start thinking, 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 thinking about something, man, you just aren't going to give up on it, are you? Right. Yeah. I remember one time, oh, my poor husband, he's been through some stuff. So you can all feel sorry for him for just a minute, and then you're back on my side. But I was, I was bound and determined that I was going to have this particular set of pots and pans. 
okay? I, I just was going to have them. And he was like, well, you know, you've got these, and, you know, we really don't have a whole lot of room. And he's, I'm, no, no, I'm going to have them. I'm going to have them. I'm going to have them. And at that time, you know, we had a child. We were paying daycare, and, you know, we were trying to watch our finances pretty closely. And I just couldn't believe that he did not want me to have these pots and pans. What kind of husband doesn't want their wife to have pots and pans? Get your hand down back there. That wasn't an a-, a question I wanted an answer for. Well, do you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. I went and got those pots and pans. I couldn't stand it anymore. What my mind was doing was just meditating on this. I could care less about anything else going on in my life. I saw these pots and pans, and I was going to have them. Okay? So I went and got them, and this is God. God has a great sense of humor. Do you know the first three meals I cooked in those pots and pans burnt? That's awesome. Who's saying that? But you see, I didn't, they weren't good. In my mind, oh, I, look. So, but my whole point was I didn't consider anything else other than just I had to have those. Now, you all have had to have that thing, Right? And that's what you meditate on. And eventually that meditation dictates your behavior. And that is why it is so important that we keep our mind on the right things. Because it dictates your behavior. Ephesians 2, chapter 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But God, because of his mercy, you know the rest of it. But please understand, you can see here that every one of us at one time, our thoughts were just on me, 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 me. And that's what we meditated on. And then 1 Timothy 6.10. And this one I wanted to talk about because this really is a big stumbling block for so many people. I had somebody in the office today, and we were talking about this exactly, and it says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Some people eager for money, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, you can start loving money so much, everything, you're blinded by everything else. You know what the problem is with a workaholic? They've meditated on the money. Right? How many homes have been broken by that? But I want you to all understand something. Money's not bad. Okay? You all know that, right? Right. 
Please understand, money is good or bad based on whose wallet it's in. All right? That determines whether money's good or bad. But when you start just going after money, going after money, going after money, when you're meditating on money, when you are doing all of that, when you are after just this, 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 this is all that matters to me, it says that you will wander from the faith. Yeah, and we need to understand that we are people who meditate on what is good, right? And what is pure, and what is lovely, and what is of good report. Those are the things that we want to think about, right? Yes. Okay. Now, let's look at renewing the mind. Well, one more, Paul's struggle. You all know this about Paul's struggle. I talked to you earlier. Paul said, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the very thing I want to do, I don't. You know what? How many of you know Paul was a great man of God? Right? The problem wasn't in his spirit. The problem was Paul was working at his soul and his choices and his mind. And he got caught up and he said, oh, this wretched man that I am, man alive, I didn't want to do that. Georgia, did you really want to do that? No, but I did it. You know, and you walk away, and this is where we beat ourselves up and say, we are horrible Christians. Now, who in this room is going to say Paul's a horrible Christian? Right. Okay? He had the same struggle in his mind, will, and emotions that we have. I was at, uh, many of you will remember, Metro Grocery Store. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Used to be, it's now where Air Base Carpet Mart is. And one day I went in there. I was rushing home. I was having company coming for dinner. I was rushing home. I went running into Metro. I just had a few things to pick up. I'm running through the store. I get up, and this woman <laughs> with a cart full of food runs in front of me and gets in the 15 or less aisle. Oh. She did. And I slammed my cart right into her cart. And I was in a hurry. And she had no respect for my time whatsoever. And I got in a shopping, a shopping cart fight in Metro. Oh, yes. Right. With my cross necklace on and, you know, the whole thing going on. Oh, yes. What are you thinking? The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Listen. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Look, 
My sister, don't go talk to her tonight because she has a whole list of them. Don't you say a word. Okay. So, in Ephesians, back to Bible study. This isn't a, a comedy hour about Georgia. No. Ephesians chapter 4, yes. Yes. No. Absolutely, I didn't apologize. I went home. I was fuming still when I got home. I told my husband as I'm slamming groceries all over the kitchen counter. And he was just like, what is wrong with her? Right. Here's, yeah. So, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22. We're going to talk about, start the process of renewing the mind. I really want to bring something out to you, something beautiful tonight. Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. There it is again. To be made new. How? In the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. There you go. You are to renew your mind. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, Train yourself to be godly. We train ourselves. Do you know it doesn't come naturally in your soul? Your spirit is brand new, but do you know you have to work on renewing your mind and training yourself? Yes, it's a process. I want to talk to you. Science, for, for many, many years, science said the Bible is not true because it is telling people they can change their mind and they have the ability to renew their mind. And that is impossible with science. And for years, they would say that is not able to work. And then they did some research and they found out about a thing called neuropaths. Now, neuropaths, I brought some of those studies in case anybody wants to see them. But neuropaths are paths in our brain that are developed as we think about something over and over again. Now, if you think all the time, I am not smart enough. You will develop a neuropath, and over time, as you concentrate on that more and more, it becomes established, and scientists are now saying it becomes like a rut in your mind. And so when somebody is asking you to do something, you're instantly saying, this neuropath is saying, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. 
Because that is what you have thought about all the time. And they're called neuropaths. There's a reason that little children, it is important what you tell little children, because over time, they develop neuropaths. They can be good neuropaths or bad neuropaths, depending on what they've been told their whole life. But these are actually real things that happen in the brain. And what they're finding out is by changing what you think and changing what you meditate on and changing what you hear, you can actually change neuropaths in your mind. So when God says, renew your mind, you really can do it. And so when, he's, when you start hearing, you're defeated, you will never, ever, ever get out of this mess, and you start saying, absolutely not. My God says that he will deliver me, and that is what you start concentrating on. You develop new neuropaths. And guess what? Your new neuropaths then dictate your behavior. And all of a sudden, you're finding out, yes, I can do this, and I am going to do it because God is going to help me get through it. A brand new neuropath. That's renewing your mind. And for years, the Bible said it, and science said you couldn't do it. Guess what? Science is now saying, oh, yes, you can. And they're using this to get people to stop um, with addictions, to stop with all kinds of negative things that are bearing them down. When you say, I feel so horrible, I just feel so horrible, I am just miserable, I just feel so horrible. Over time, that becomes a neural path, and guess what? You feel horrible. To the point you can't get out of bed. It will just keep grading and grading and grading and becoming a deep-rutted neuropath. But when you say, oh, there's still power in the blood of Jesus, and by his stripes I am healed, and there is grace that is greater than anything I am dealing with, you are now getting rid of those ruts and developing new neuropaths. You have the ability, as you meditate on the word of God and his promises, to change your neuropaths. Yay is right. It's an amazing discovery. Science is, and you know what? They're now using it in business. You know, it's a very interesting one of these studies that's actually done for a business school to teach people how to be successful in business. Whoo, just tell them read the Bible and they'll have everything they need, right? But you see, we are all, everybody in this room has neuropaths. Everybody in this room has neuropaths. I know uh, my mom had a, a, a friend, and she 
wanted to quit smoking. And my mom knew this principle. My mom was all the time giving us Bible, giving us Bible, giving us Bible, giving us Bible. And she um, wanted to quit smoking. And my mom said, well, here's what I want you to do. Every time you're smoking a cigarette, I don't care how good it tastes to you, you say, I hate this. This is making me sick. I feel miserable about this. I can't stand this. And do you know a couple weeks later, she lit a cigarette and it actually made her nauseated? And she said, I can't stand this. She put it out and never touched another cigarette. She changed her neuropath. You see, you all can concentrate on what the Bible says to have the mind of Christ and to find out all of a sudden there are all kinds of things in your life that you will become and you will find out you are walking just like Jesus walked because you're thinking like Jesus thought and as a man thinks, so he is. Yes. So the answer is to focus on Jesus. When you're facing a problem, I chose this song because it talks about the beginning and the end of focusing on Jesus. And you know what? You find out you have a problem. I want to tell you something very interesting about that problem. God was at the beginning of it. God was there when the problem came up. And God is going to be there when the problem ends. And our focus should just be on God the whole way through it. You see, we need to develop neuropaths that say, you know what, God? I trust your promises more than I trust anything any man wants to tell me. Do you trust his promises the most? Because listen, victory has a name, and it's Jesus. Holiness, me changing to walk more like Jesus, has a name, and it's Jesus. The word, all the promises have a name, and it's Jesus. Yes. And we can start training our minds, renewing our minds, getting brand new neuropaths that line up with Scripture just by meditating on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith is what Hebrews 2 says. Colossians 2.8 tells us to concentrate on Jesus. John 8.58, you know what Jesus said? I am that I am. That means whatever your problem is, Jesus is the answer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in to other broadcasts at Gathering Ministries.